This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's another edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from the University of San Francisco. I'm Sean Kelly on the road with the New Orleans Pelicans as they get set to begin the regular season tomorrow night against the Golden State Warriors. The Pelicans are practicing today at USF in preparation for tomorrow night's game. And uh, we are ready to go. It's very exciting, of course, to have the regular season get underway and to do so here at the home of the defending champs and uh, we're visiting with you from a historic venue of course uh, with regard to Bill Russell and Bill Cartwright and the uh, basketball history at the University of San Francisco. Hey, big win for the Saints, huh? They got it done yesterday on the road. Their first road win of the season and congratulations to Sean Payton and uh, his football team as they took down the Indianapolis Colts 27-21 to and we will certainly recap that game with our own John DeShazer today. He'll step into Studio B in Metairie and connect with us out here west, and we'll uh, go through yesterday's football game and get his thoughts on the key moments, the key players, and uh, and just the significance of the win. It has the Saints now 3-4 and four and heading back home for a two-game homestand. It all starts this weekend against the New York Giants. So that'll be an exciting visit today. And then also on our program today, an exclusive one-on-one with Pelicans general manager Del Demps. He'll help us uh, look back at the preseason and get us set for the regular season here on the eve uh, from Pelicans practice at the University of San Francisco. And we'll wrap up today's show with a little uh, PGA Tour golf. They're back in Mississippi next week, and the Sanderson Farms uh, Championship will be held up in Jackson. We'll visit with uh, the executive director of that event and get you all the details if you want to go check out some of the world's best golfers, uh, go at it just up the road from us, of course, in southeast Louisiana. So we've got a very busy day for you. Uh, it's going to be a busy week, to say the least, obviously, with the Pelicans kicking off the regular season and the Saints on a roll and heading into that homestand. Um, so we've got a lot of great guests lined up, especially today with, again, John DeShazer, uh, Dell Demps, and, of course, a little PGA Tour golf. You can hear the sounds of practice behind me. We're getting close, friends, and... Uh, these Pelicans are anxious to get to the game floor and see what they've got against two great opponents this week in the Warriors and the uh, Trailblazers. First up, though, let's look back on that Saints win from yesterday, a big one for Drew Brees and company, especially the Saints defense. Uh, first half was fantastic, and we'll talk about all that with John DeShazer when we continue after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The Pelicans Pick 6 Plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP 
or visit pelicans.com to score your pick six plan today. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Let's continue our conversation here about the Saints and the big win yesterday at Indianapolis. And to do so, as promised, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. He was with the Saints yesterday as they earned their first road win of the season. Morning, J.D. Welcome home. Always good to be home after a win, man. Uh, Good to be home anyway, as we said, even after losses. But uh, certainly the ride back is I wouldn't say smoother because we got a heck of a lot of turbulence when we were landing last night, a lot of high winds. But, uh, yeah, it's a smooth sailing on home when you, get a, when, when you get a win on the road against an indie team that was fairly desperate, I would imagine, after the way they lost to New England, and yet uh, they came out pretty flat. Or maybe the Saints just made them look pretty flat. Either way, Saints get a win and one game from 500. No doubt about that. And that first half, J.D., boy, it was just sizzling for the New Orleans Saints. And it was great to see them because it was on the road and because – you know, as you had mentioned, they'd been seeking their first back-to-back win scenario in quite some time, like a year to be exact. Yeah, um, almost a year to the day, man. When you look at the first – let's just start with the first half. What what started the success for the Saints yesterday? Was there a kickstart moment or was it just a steady progression? Well, actually, the offense got started a little bit slow, but uh, the defense really came in and locked up. And uh, and I, I would say the signature play, though, obviously in the first quarter, that fake field goal attempt where Luke – McCown makes one of the better throws probably of his career. He jumps up off the ground. He's rolling left. He's under heavy pressure. And, yeah, Ben Watson was wide open for the pass, but he had the right touch on it, a perfect pass. Ben Watson goes 25 yards down to the one. Kyrie Robinson scores on the next play. And I think that play kind of epitomized the Saints' mindset for most of that game. It was, you know, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to take the steps to win this game. We're not going to babysit it. We're going to be, you know, really, really enthusiastic about what we're doing. And pay, basically, Coach Payton said after the game that, look, either we were going to go for the fake field goal or we were going to go for it on fourth down if the challenge, uh, if we won the challenge and it was going to be fourth and two. So they were going to be, you know, very aggressive either way. But I think that fake field goal attempt really energized the team and it showed everybody, look, we're in this to win it. It's interesting. Two different, um, in two different ways. Number one, you mentioned the challenge. John Payton loses that challenge, and he's out of challenges for the rest of the day, um, or at least the half for that matter. Um, And and so interestingly enough, it it seemed like a very down moment, and in about 18 seconds it turns into, as you mentioned, maybe a pivotal moment in the game. Well, even though they lost the two challenges, I thought that was aggression. They're saying, look, we want to make sure that, you know, we think we've got some good calls here. We think we've got possession. We think we're moving the ball, and we're going to be aggressive about it. Instead of, you know, I, I guess they could have sat back, obviously, and they lose the two challenges, and, and, and they could have sat back and said, okay, we're not going to challenge. We're going to go with the officials uh, with the officials' call. But they're saying, look, we, we want to see if we got these calls right because we want these yards. We want to keep this thing moving. So, you know, from, a, from one standpoint, you can look at it and say, well, you know, maybe, you know, discretion is the better part of valor on that one. On the other hand, you can say, look, they're going for every ounce of everything they feel like they can get. 
And so to go for it on fourth and fourth and nine, ladies and gentlemen, fourth and nine with that field goal attempt that they uh, end up going on, going fake on. And it's a reasonable attempt by a new kicker, obviously, Kai, Kai Forbath. But they forego it and say, look, we're, we're going to go for this thing. You know, we've studied it and give credit to special teams coordinator Greg McMahon, who scouted it out. He was the guy who scouted out the block punt against the Falcons also. So Greg McMahon, uh, two for two these last couple of weeks in, in big plays. And, uh, and and they were able to go for it and cash it in. And we and John, we heard on several occasions last week about the Saints being very wary of Indianapolis being aggressive and a bit of a gambler on special teams. It's almost as if they flipped the script on them. Like, look, you know, we're talking about you all week, but we've got a little something cooking for you too. Well, it's almost like that. You know, you always hear that that reverse basketball analogy where you know teams that that press don't want to be pressed. So maybe it was one of those teams that you know have a lot of special teams hijinks. Don't want to have those hijinks against them, and you didn't expect Indy to do anything, you know, out of the ordinary for two weeks in a row, especially after that huge bust against New England on national TV. You expected them to be pretty conservative, and the Saints, you know, haven't shown that willingness to be, you know, gamblers on, on field goal attempts. So yeah, they caught them completely off guard, and like, like I said, you know, Coach McMahon, you know, scouted it out, said, look, if we get this look, we're going to go for it, and Coach Payton said he didn't want to wait. To the second half, they have to pull it out. He wanted to go for it immediately in the first half, and so in the first quarter, they go for it. John, the rushing game was key yesterday. Why was it successful, and um, what were some of the other finer points about Mark Ingram, Kyrie Robinson, and that point of attack? Well, basically, Mark Ingram gave all credit to his offensive line. He said, essentially, it was just old-fashioned running. Hat on hat, they gave him a seam. He got to the second level, made a guy miss, and he was able to rip off a couple of long runs. And he said it was just as simple as that. He said they've been pretty close to that a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of weeks back. But, you know, maybe a block didn't hold up as long as it, it, it could have. Or maybe the running back didn't press the hole as hard or as fast as he should have. He said, but the runs have been there. And yesterday they were able to cash in on And Mark Ingram, you know, we know that when he gets to the second level, even though Mark doesn't have that 4-4 speed to, you know, take it to the house from 80 yards, He's got functional game speed, and guys don't necessarily want to tackle him. Once he, get, once he gets his shoulder squared, you know, he's a load to bring down anyway. And he was able to make a couple of guys miss, uh, rip, off a, uh, rip off a couple of nice runs. Kyrie Robinson ran hard early in the game. C.J. Spiller got a little bit involved in the running game, more so in the passing game. But if they can get those three guys running the way they were yesterday and if they can create those kind of creases and seams and let them get to the linebacker level and hopefully get them into the secondary, then you can have some problems because, you know, even though these guys, like I said, I don't think any of them, well, C.J. Spiller, obviously, we know he can take it to the house from 80 or 90. But between Robinson and Ingram, I don't know if either one of those guys are 80-yard kind of guys. But once you get them in the secondary, they're not, you know, shy about running over some people to get some extra yards. John DeShazer with us here from NewOrleansSaints.com. Saints winners yesterday over the Indianapolis Colts. And that's two in a row. And, and John, before these, these back-to-back wins, Falcons and then Colts, Boy, there was some big-time moaning and groaning from folks about lack of defensive pressure on the quarterback and the inability to win the takeaway battle. Well, sure enough, two wins, and both of those things have come back uh, in, a, in a spectacular fashion. Well, it's another one of those situations where the team is always saying, and, and of course, as the team, you have to say this, but you better believe that, you know, hey, if we have a little patience, we're right around the corner, we're right on the cusp of doing some of the things we think we can. Well, they got after Matt Ryan. They got after Andrew Luck. There's nine combined sacks in those two games, uh, five by Cam Jordan, who has really busted out these last couple of games. 
and then you're you're able to create the turnovers on uh, three yesterday uh, they created three against the Falcons I think they only turned it over once yesterday on a Drew Brees interception and if you can win the turnover battle that's one of the things they always say it's a basic tenet in football it sounds boring but it is so true sounds boring in basketball too but if you can control your turnovers and make the opposition turn it over more than you your chances of winning increase you know exponentially so when the Saints are able to get the other team to turn it over and hold on to it themselves they able to do good things and yesterday you know had a great interception in the red zone by by Kyle Wilson which was extremely nice uh, a great strip on a kickoff return uh, we think it's Howley Kakaha who got the strip although the official uh, ruling gave it to David Hawthorne and I'm sure David Hawthorne if you walked up to him say hey man nice strip he just said huh but he he's the guy who got credited <laughs> with it, and then you got and then a fantastic pick by by Stephon Anthony, the rookie middle linebacker, who uh, who had a nice tip drill to himself, uh, got in the passing lane, batted the ball up in the air, came down with it. Uh, a guy who we saw get a couple of picks during during training camp, and we said, you know what, he's got a little bit more ability than you might think for a middle linebacker. And sure enough, he goes out against Indy yesterday, plays the passing lane perfectly against Luck, uh, gets his first career interception. So, you know, they, they've shown some life on defense, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. During camp, we were talking about how great Stephon Anthony was at sticking his nose in there and, uh, and a good run defender, and he seemed a little lost at times in pass coverage. Well, we're not yet halfway through the season, and he makes a play like that. Pretty incredible. Um, John, one thing that's interesting about the Saints team, and you and I have noticed this from back during training camp, there's a certain character and a certain culture in this locker room um, and, and while they may be deficient in some areas and very young at, at other areas, uh, during the losing, uh, there was a, an, an even keeledness to this team. And now we're seeing it through the winning as well. And, and yet yesterday, after what was a, uh, you know, a signature moment in this young season with regard to a road win and now back to back wins, there was still the sense of, you know, we still have things to work on. That wasn't a perfect game, obviously, by allowing them to come back. Um, but this 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 thing has not changed. This this culture, this character has not changed, and it may serve them well now as they turn the corner into a portion of the schedule where there's some winnable games ahead too. Well, they've they've harped and, and stressed and emphasized. They believe they have the right combination of people in the locker room, and uh, so you need some even keeled people who aren't gonna you know who aren't gonna go off the deep end, who aren't gonna jump off ship, who aren't gonna you know say the wrong thing and say something crazy and start pointing fingers when you're growing, going through some tough times. And so they've stuck together and they said, look, we, you know, there's a long season. We've got a chance to turn this thing around. We believe we can turn it around. Uh, Drew Brees is one of his favorite statements is, you know, we just got to win this game. And so the last couple of games, they've just been a team that says, okay, we just got to win this game. We got to win this game. And if you look at the schedule as it goes down the stretch, it certainly stacks up favorably. I was sitting in here with, uh, with Diesel, Daniel Salerson, and we were looking over and we were saying, man, there are seven more extremely winnable games. Now, obviously, you got to go out and do it. But if you just look at it on paper, you say, man, you know, this this isn't far-fetched from being a 10-win team. If, if some breaks happen the right way and everybody stays healthy and if they can play to the level they have the last couple of weeks. Now, we know in the NFL, sometimes, unfortunately, performances fluctuate. But, uh, but the way they played the last couple of weeks, the most encouraging of which being on the road to go and dominate an Indianapolis team that had to be pretty desperate for a win. It makes you a little bit encouraged as you look at the schedule and see what possibly could happen. You mentioned a big word there just a moment ago, health. Um, they're not completely healthy, 
but they are healthier. How much has that played into what we've seen over the last two weeks? I think that's had a huge hand into it. Uh, uh, you get the offensive lineman back intact, and that allows Benjamin Watson to not have to stay in and block as much. Now he's able to get out on pass patterns, and now we're seeing the Ben Watson that we kept saying, this is going to be a guy who can replace Jimmy Graham in this offense. Now he has become that guy. And certainly in the secondary, you're getting back, you know, you get back Keenan Lewis, who's a little bit limited now again. But you get back Jarris Bird. You get back some other pieces that you haven't had. And now all of a sudden, depth comes into play. Uh, if Keenan Lewis comes back healthy, and that's a big if. You know, he had that uh, had that hernia surgery. And he, I, I don't know if he had a setback or if he came back a little bit early, but he was inactive this game. But if, if Keenan Lewis comes back healthy, then he's a shutdown kind of corner. And Delvin Bro has shown that he is a shutdown corner legitimately. Now you've got two guys that you can shadow people with as opposed to one. And, I mean, you know, it's such an advantage to have two of those guys. It's an advantage to have one. But if you've got two of them with those capabilities, you can do a lot of things in the secondary that other teams can't do. And certainly that allows you to, to dial up some different kinds of pressure because you feel like you can hold up man-to-man in coverage. So, you know, getting some guys back healthy on the offensive line with – with Teron Armstead and Tim Lolito yesterday and Jari Evans a couple of weeks ago and getting some guys back healthy in the secondary. And let's not forget linebacker Donnell Ellerby, who led the Saints in tackles again yesterday, who has shown up big the last couple of games. Getting all those guys back from the injury list really has helped this defense and offense. Yep, no doubt about that. I'm glad you mentioned Ellerby because as this team has been put, placed together, it's it's sometimes hard to go back and say, okay, well, how did they get him? Well, Ellerby comes off of what? The Kenny Stills trade, right? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And, and, and then and turns out to be, I mean, look, has looked like a steal the last couple of games. Absolutely. You know, and then we've already talked about the impact of uh, Max Unger, how Stefan Anthony's pick was acquired, all those things. There is a few things that are clicking now that, uh, as you said, there is reason for optimism, cautious as it may be, and now you've got the Giants this coming week. It'll be interesting. J.D., you did your job. You, you come home. I guess it's on me now. I got to try to find a way to get two out of here before I see you on Saturday night. Well, you know it's going to be a little, uh, some pretty tough sledding for you. Obviously, we thought it was going to be a little bit tougher sledding, and it turned out to be tough sledding at the end in Indy. But uh, you know, Golden State on ring night, and and going then to Portland, two difficult venues to play. But uh, we're depending on you to hoist this team on your back and to carry them on across that finish line. So we expect a little, you know, we expect you know not a triple double out of you, but you know we'll settle for a double double. And a few steals. Golly, any you know, but if it goes my way, then you need to be my agent. <laughs> well, of course, man, because you might have to play. I mean, you know, with the, the Pelicans are, are the Pelicans still quite as depleted as they have been. I mean, I know some guys are expected to be back, and it's going to be tough to win at Golden State on on ring night anyway. But man, that'd be such a great way to start a season, and then to uh, to go and and stick a nail uh, in 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 Portland while they're down a little bit because. You know, going there is never easy, and you know Damian Lillard is going to be ready for the challenge. He's a guy who, without LaMarcus Aldridge, he might see if he can average 35 a game this season, and he's capable of doing it. So, you know, hopefully the Pels can go go into both of those places and, and do some great things. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, we'll learn a little bit more about the team's health, I think, at practice later today before tomorrow's opener. John, as always, thanks. We'll be following you all week long on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app, and I look forward to seeing you uh, for Pelicans and Warriors on Saturday night before then we get set for Saints and Giants. It's going to be a great weekend, Halloween weekend, coming up in downtown New Orleans.
Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to San Francisco. The team, by the way, the Pelicans are uh, going through their pace this year on the eve of the regular season at the University of San Francisco. And as promised, we're pleased to bring in uh, this morning Del Demps, general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans. First of all, Happy New Year. Um, I know we've already had a preseason, but now the regular season's about here. And uh, welcome back to, I guess, home, San Francisco. This is a a place that holds a special place in your heart. I know you love coming out here. Oh, absolutely. You know, I grew up in this area. There's a lot of fond memories. Get to see my family. And, you know, obviously, we, you know, this is a work trip. We get to play against the champs on ring night. How about practicing here at the University of San Francisco? There's some history with regard to basketball in this place. Oh, absolutely. I, I know there's a, a long tradition. I think it goes all the way back to uh, Bill Russell and, you know, even Bill Cartwright. And then for me as a kid, um, when I was in high school, this is where all the big time pickup games were and you know they had some high school leagues and a lot of college players used to come over here so a lot of fond memories and a lot of you know hard-fought basketball games here you've been a part of the NBA now and the game of basketball for so long I, I almost hesitate to ask you this question but I'm going to anyway do you still get excited nervous in any way at the start of a regular season I pinch myself still almost every day I do I and I wake up I, I, I feel lucky I feel energized I feel optimistic and you know it's so many emotions right now that I don't even know words can describe them let's describe this team um and we've done this you know a number of years at the start of the season I kind of ask you your thoughts on what you've put together and I know that's that conversation has started obviously with the preseason but here on the eve of the regular season after what you've seen in the preseason what do you like about this group as you get started on a new season so many things. I, I believe in this group. I want to make sure I say that. I, I think this group, the sky's the limit. Um, obviously, we have to go prove that. Um, you know, we're limping into the regular season, which is not fun. But at the same times, you know, without obstacles and challenges, you know, you, you have to overcome those things. You know, we got a next man up mentality. We're going to be smart. We're going to be strategic. We're not going to try to rush guys back. But 
you know, this is a, an opportunity. You know, I feel like I've been saying this for years for other guys to step up, but, and that's what we're going to need. You know, we're, we're not going to make any excuses. We're going to come out here, and we're going to just see how good we are. Let's start with the injuries thing and just get that out of the way. It seems like it's, it's, it's been something that you've had to deal with as a general manager almost season after season. <laughs> have you gotten, I don't mean this the way it sounds, have you gotten good at, at making things, I guess, work around significant injuries? It's, it is challenging, you know, I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, you know, when you're putting a team together, you have to take all that into consideration. Now, you know, I was joking with the guys that, you know, I told them, I said, the plan was like, you know, if one guy gets hurt and we got this guy, I didn't plan for you guys to all get hurt at the same time. I said, you guys got to help me on that one. But, um, you know, you know, we're hoping to have everyone back by early December is what we're hoping. Um, but, you know, we got to just, just go play. I mean, I, I, I think there's, this is a great opportunity for guys like, you know, Luke Babbitt and Jensa and, um, you know, I know they're coming back from injuries and, um, you know, Dante Cunningham and Lonzo G, you know, we need these guys to step up. And then, you know, our veterans also have got to, you know, carry probably a little bigger load. The uh, the injuries you said you're hoping to be back to full strength by the end of the month, being November, do they trickle back or is everything going to kind of almost come crashing into place all at the same time? You know, a few of the injuries are, you know, they have some range on them. Um, and so we're not going to rush anybody back. You know, we're never going to put anybody in jeopardy. You know, the long term is the big thing. But this is a marathon, and um, we can't look at it like a sprint. And so we got to prepare for the long haul, 82-game season, and that's how, you know, decisions will be made. If the first month gets tough because of the uh, personnel problems, is it going to be hard for you to kind of stay in that marathon mindset? I know you're excited about this team and, and, and your new head coach, um, but at the same time, it, it might be a little rough going early. Is that is that something you've already thought about? I have. You know, there's always that temptation of, you know, trying to get it a, a quick fix and that's where the discipline has to come in you know you have to you know you have to stay with the plan you got to see the thing out but um you know it's, it's tough but you know no one's gonna feel sorry for us but I feel confident with the group that we have I think you know we need some key guys just to step up before I ask you about the key guys and and, and what you saw during the preseason let me ask you about the cuts that you all had to make you know you bring extra guys into camp that you give them as you've said before a legitimate shot of perhaps earning a spot in this basketball team um, from the guys that you had in camp was it tough making those decisions down the stretch um, and would you imagine that those guys will be uh, elsewhere in the league at some point if they were quality enough I, I think so um, the, the tough part was when Tyreek and Norris went down um, we have to replace those positions with point guards and so it really you know that for some of the guys who I even thought played well in camp their fates were pretty much sealed um, once we those those injuries happened, um, you know we, we wish those guys the best of luck. But you know it was just important for us that you know we had to you know you know signing Nate Robinson was big. You know we're still going to be looking for another point guard um, as we go into the beginning of the season. You know watching the waiver wire and, and, and seeing who else becomes available. Were you surprised that Nate Robinson was available? I know it's late in his career, but to some extent to find him off the street almost took me aback for a second. Yeah, it, it was a little surprising. Um, you know, Nate, you know, he's one of those guys that can come in and win a game for you. You know, he, he has a style that's a little different. You know, it starts with his size and his toughness, his competitive nature. He's one of those go-getter guys. And, um, you know, he's had some injuries over the last couple of years. And then, you know, he's 30 years old now. And so a lot of those things factor in. And then, you know, make sure he's finding the right place, right situation. Um, he's going to have an opportunity to help us right now. 
Del, when you looked at the preseason, the body of work that was that started in West Virginia now has concluded. Um, what are your What are some of your key takeaways? Uh, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, I'm, I'm just I'm just going to leave the slate open for you and let you go with that. The camaraderie, you know, I think the guys have really been sticking together. Um, I thought coming out of the green bar, we came out with a real fire, and then you know we were, we, we we sustained a, a couple injuries, um, but you know I think. You know, keeping the, the 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 group together is is been important, and um, you know, new offensive system, new defensive system, system putting all those in place. Um, you know, there were some mistakes at times, but the guys just kept playing through it, and their um, resilience. And now, um, we just thought that was real important that we did get a taste of making the playoffs last year, but that was last year. And I think the West was tough last year, and I think it's even tougher this year. And uh, I think the whole NBA is tougher. And so getting that mindset, I think that was a key part for us in camp. How much of Alvin Gentry's system started to reveal itself in the preseason games and how much is still yet to be learned in these regular season games? In other words, did I see enough in the preseason games to get an idea of what our fans are in for? i tell you, I think it really all started in summer league. Because a number of our players came out to Vegas and watched Summer League. And I think the excitement started there. And then, you know, the, the players had a players-only camp where they invited the coaches because they wanted to learn the system um, in the offseason. Um, and so I think that was another important part. So guys had an understanding. They wanted to get a head start. And so that actually helps us now because we had some guys with some injuries that are out that, you know, when we come in the first day of training camp, everything just wasn't new on the first practice guys that already had an understanding and an excitement um, in both systems, offensively and defensively. Uh, so I think the key for us is going to be, one, understanding and maximizing the system, maximizing our strengths, um, and then our defense. You know, I think, I think everything's going to be predicated in our defense. I think if we're a good defensive team, we'll get stops, and we get stops, we can run, and it makes it a lot easier. It's just a lot easier to, to play in a system when you're getting rebounds rather than taking it out the net. Tell me about Kendrick Perkins. You know, you bring up defense, and I, I watch him almost coach on the floor uh, as he's playing. Uh, I can't get over how much of an impact it seems he's made on the culture of this team just in the short time that he's been here. You know, I think he brings a wealth of experience and a blue-collar mentality that's a no-nonsense mentality. And, you know, he, he, he spoke up in a couple of our uh, meetings, and – you know, one of the things he said was that if you're not about winning, you're going to have a problem with me. And so that's kind of been the mindset that we've had in, in, in camp. And so, you know, his, his leadership, his words, his voice has, has been an inspiration. I'm thinking of guys ready to make a big jump. You already have really good guys on this roster, but I watched Eric Gordon during the preseason. Kind of reminded me of the old Eric Gordon a little bit. Ryan Anderson started his preseason much like he ended his last season, then all of a sudden he took off. So... Um, is there a guy out of your core that's that's ready to make a significant jump? Can you see something brewing on the horizon for any of these guys? I think the way this team is built, um, it's about us. I don't think one guy can carry us. I think we need some individual efforts, but I think these guys all need each other. I think, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think I think you know it, you know it starts with Anthony. It's no mistake about that. But I think all these guys make each other better. Like you know, if they're triple teaming Anthony we got to make them pay. Um, I think Ryan 
just being on the floor helps Anthony or helps Drew. I think Eric helps Ryan. I think Tyreek helps Eric. And, you know, I think, I think all these guys together help each other and they complement each other, and that's what makes us a good team. Um, and so I think it's really the group. I said, you know, obviously we're going to need some individual plays, but we need them within the team concept. Drew Holiday's minutes increased as the preseason progressed. Was that on schedule, um, or did that get a little quicker based on the way he was feeling? You know, all those decisions were made in the summer. Um, we're, we're sticking to the plan. Obviously, there can be some deviations, and, you know, we can walk up and do an audible, but we don't plan on it. It's going just the way we anticipated and hoped, and so we'll keep him on the same pace. Has he, has he tried to lobby his way into more minutes? Because I've been around some guys, and Drew reminds me of some that, uh, hey, you know, I'm feeling really good. Maybe we can just, you know, we can just go up to 20 now. And, and that's another one. That, that's where the discipline comes in, the temptation um, to, to increase it because he's been pain-free, which is great. And there's a reason why he's been pain-free. And so I think the smart thing is to stay on this course. All right, Dell. Uh, let me ask you the personal side of this deal. Um, how have you grown? You know, you're about to start a new season, I guess. In the same vein that I would ask a player or a coach, how are you uh, better or more comfortable as a general manager now? You know, we believe in continuous learning and always going out and learning new things. I learned a lot from, you know, Coach Gentry and Alvin. I actually learned a lot in the interview process. You know, when you're going through the interview process, listen to coaches and, you know, hey, tell us what you think about our team. Tell us what you would do with this team. And that's the kind of learning that I think has been the most beneficial for me. Um, and, you know, Alvin has a lot of great ideas, um, and along with a lot of people on the staff. And so I think as long as we continue to keep a continuous learning um, environment, collaboration, you know, the sky, you know, we can just keep moving in the right direction. If you look back on that coaching search, or even in your own self-analysis of how you want to get ready for the season, what do you think the most important question you asked was, whether it be to a coaching candidate or of yourself? I don't know if it's just one question. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it was important not to come out and say what my thoughts were about the group. I thought it was important to ask individuals, you know, what was their thoughts about our group, about our team, about what would you want to do with this team? How would you want to coach this team? And what would be your plan? I thought those were more important questions than um, giving my feelings on it. Because um, I think sometimes in those situations, if I give my feelings on it, people might disagree with me. And then you might not really have that same belief. So I, I was more of a listener during that whole um, process. And, you know, I say, you know, just from the moment it, I talked to Alvin, you know, we saw a lot of things the same way. I think it's a good sign of where this team has come when you have double-digit appearances on national television. You're going to play on Christmas this year, um, and then you're going to start this regular season <laughs> on banner night at Golden State. Is that a good thing for this team? Do you see any significance in being live and on scene for uh, a team raising a banner and receiving championship rings? I do. Um, obviously, we're playing this game because there's some people out there that think that we're pretty good. Um, expectations uh, are a good thing, but you have to go prove it. You know, you have to, and that's the thing that we're trying to, to, to stay focused on is that, you know, we haven't 
proven what we want to prove yet. And so um, I think it's good. I, you know, I, I think we embrace the challenge. Appreciate all the time today. Good luck. Have a great start to the season. Okay. Thank you for having me. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Next week, pro golf returns to the state of Mississippi. We talked about this last year, and sure enough, we've gone another full calendar year. And pleased to welcome back Steve Gent. He's the executive director of the Sanderson Farms Championship which begins, can you believe it, one week from today. Hey, Steve, good to talk to you again. Hey, thanks. Good morning. It's uh, It's been a fast year since we last did this, and we're pleased to uh, have year two of your three-year commitment through Sanderson Farms to have such a great pro golf event coming back to the state of Mississippi. Yeah, it, it is amazing that the year has flown by, but we are, we're excited about it coming around again, and we love our new position in the fall as part of the season opening events and the, and the PJ's Tour race to the FedEx Cup. So um, we're excited. Hopefully the, uh, the weather will be great this next week and uh, we'll have a great field again. Let's talk about the economic impact for a moment. Now that we're kind of into your commitment a bit with still another year to go, what's it been like and what do you expect for this year as far as the, the local impact that the tour can bring? Well, I can tell you that we're going to be working with the folks uh, from Mississippi State to do another study this fall to determine exactly what, the, what that dollar amount is. There was a study done back in 2010 that determined that the impact was somewhere around $25 million on an annual basis. We think that number is higher now when you consider, you know, and it's not just 132 players and their caddies coming into town. It's all the, the vendors like the Golf Channel and the guys that build our structures and the fact that we have, you know, five staff members that live here on an annual basis now. So um, we think that number will be higher. But, you know, that week is really important to the state of Mississippi not only from the fact that you do have the, the local dollars and the restaurants and the hotels and the rental cars that are impacted, but the fact that the, the state is, is televised to a global TV audience um, you know, during the week of the tournament. Uh, over 100 countries see the telecast. So it's a, it's a big deal. Have you had uh, uh, any feeling yet about how your field's going to shape out? Are, are, we st- are we set now, or are there still some commitments coming in as far as the – the caliber of players that you guys are going to be able to see next week? Yeah, there's still some commitments coming in this week. Um, we are opposite a World Golf Championship event uh, in China. And so as guys qualify for that event, it, it impacts our field a little bit. But um, we know it's going to be probably you know, stronger, a stronger field from a rankings category than last year. 
there's still some uh, there's still some guys that I anticipate will come in this week. So, you know, if, if what we like to say is, you know, the uh, 132 of the best golfers in the world are coming to our event, and and the week of our tournament, the best golf in the United States will be played in in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And in 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 some kind of a parallel here, if you look back on the history of the Zurich Classic in New Orleans, um, because of where that falls in the schedule. Uh, a lot of times you get the chance to really get a good look at some of the young, young up-and-comers. I mean, how many times, whether it be in New Orleans and now maybe here to come in Mississippi, you get yourself a top-ten finisher that now is in play for uh, future major and bigger golf event championships. And so uh, in that sense, it's kind of a head start for golf fans in, in some ways to come track some of these events, like especially the ones here in, in New Orleans and then in Sanderson Farms in Mississippi. Right. You know, for example, Ollie Schneiderjans is a, is a great young player who's going to be in our field, and Ollie just turned uh, professional this summer. Um, you know, he's going to get some starts here in the fall because there's some opportunities to play in the fall where some of the other top players are sitting out. And the fact that you know the, some of the top the top 50 in the world will be in that China event. So you're right. We get to take a look at some great young players, but but I would tell you now that that with these fall events. You know, we've had we saw the one in um, in Fries.com in Napa two weeks ago, and this past week the, the Shriners Open in Vegas. Is that the the PGA Tour players are seeing that they have to pick an event or two up in the fall to get their season started because now the the fall events count towards that FedEx Cup. So the fields are getting stronger because the guys that typically play in the regular season, you know, there's there's really no off season anymore. They pick right up and start in the fall and and um, you know know that they need to get a jump start on the next year. A lot of what's going to happen next week is going to benefit, of course, a lot of local charities uh, in and around the capital there and, of course, in the state of Mississippi. When you talk about a week, Steve, that starts on Monday and then runs on the way through, what are some of the uh, uh, you know, signature events that will happen next week and maybe some of the amenities that are unique to your event there with Sanderson Farms? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, obviously we've got our, our uh, John Souls Foods Monday Pro-Am that starts the week off, 28 teams. Uh, which is 84 amateurs playing with 28 professionals. That just kind of gets the whole week kicked off. Uh, we, a couple years ago, like a lot of PGA Tour events, have an uh, Executive Women's Day lunch on Tuesday of Tournament Week. It's a chance to get some of the uh, the women CEOs that may not be exposed to the PGA Tour and to golf out to the golf course. We have a lunch. Our guest speaker this year is really exciting for us and that it's Jenna Bush Hager, um, third generation of the Bush families to – to support golf in such a manner. So we've got a great launch, 400 ladies coming in. It is a sold-out event, but we're excited about that. We do a uh, junior pro-am here that has uh, 40, 40 juniors from the state of Mississippi have qualified for this event uh, throughout their play in the Mississippi Junior Golf Association during the year. They'll get to play with uh, 10 PGA Tour players. So that's a, 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 an event that's pretty unique to our tournament. Um, and then one of the things we're really proud of is that we have a military outpost hospitality venue out on the 10th green then um, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday of our tournament week where we say if you're an active, retired, reserved, or veteran member of our armed forces, we want you to come up, have lunch on us, um, you know, food and drinks uh, every day, and it's just our way of saying thank you for, your, for their service. And uh, with our proximity to Veterans Day a few days after our, our final round, that's just a it's – a, it's a, no-brainer thing for us to do to say thank you to those folks. So we've got that some is, really cool activities this week, and um, it uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it sounds as always a great, like a great event. That 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 thing on the tenth is 
beautiful. I love it very much. Steve, yeah, um, obviously there's got to be a website. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, 10 is a par 3 for us. It's kind of unusual for a, a 9 to start with a par 3, but it's a great hole, you know, close up to the clubhouse, and uh, it, it's just a great time for, the for you know, members of our Mississippi military. Absolutely. Steve, as always, there's got to be a website associated this, with this, so maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing the website and perhaps uh, any information that you might have on getting tickets for any and all the events. Absolutely. And it's just, it's easy. It's sandersonfarmschampionship.com. And uh, all the information is out there, tickets, parking, um, you know, fan pavilion, and, uh, you know, scheduled time events. We'll have the field up there here shortly. So you can find all the information out there. Um, and uh, we do have a Twitter and an Instagram site as well that you can access through our website. Well, Steve, Jen, I'm, I'm certainly glad you were able to get on with us here today, a week out from the event, get us up to speed, and we certainly wish you all the best. Anytime that we can bring these events to our area, whether it be southeast Louisiana or, or Mississippi, that this is all impactful for all of us and, and enhances our overall sports profile. So thanks again for all you guys are doing with us. No, thank you. Like, like we mentioned in some of our information, last year we donated over $1.4 million to Mississippi Charities. So whether you're a, a spectator or a fan or a corporate sponsor, thank you for that. We just uh, would invite you to come out this year. It'll be a big week. Next week, it starts on Monday and runs all the way through the weekend. It's the Sanderson Farms Championship. Executive Director Steve Gent with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Going to do it for us on this Monday. That's a great way to finish talking about the tour and its impact upon Mississippi and a great event next week. We've got lots more coming from the West Coast in the coming days as the Pelicans kick off their season. And congratulations again to the Saints, winners yesterday against the Indianapolis Colts. For all of our guests today, I'm Sean Kelly. See you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.